Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. The world is full of so much information that sometimes we don't know where to look for answers. Fortunately, if you happen to be in material handling, MHI has resources you can tap into. And some of these resources are, of course, the industry groups, where you can interact with industry peers in a non-competitive environment. And if you didn't already know, the MHI industry groups often create their own sets of resources. And this gives peers in the industry, as well as end users, access to information on more niche subjects. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to be diving into some of those resources from the Protective Guarding Manufacturers Association, otherwise known as ProGMA. We have two members of the group with us today to walk through some of these assets. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. And uh, first off, why don't we get you both to, to please introduce yourselves uh, to our audience. Okay, my name is Ken Parrott. I'm the product manager for Impact Recovery Systems. We make a product called Slow Stop Guarding. We've been involved with ProGMA for about seven years now. I am the vice chair of the group, which means in a couple of years, I guess I get to be chair when Ray bounces out. We got involved with ProGMA when we acquired a line of industrial guarding products. It was the obvious choice as the only industry group, really the best industry group for people who sold that product. Been happy to be a part of it since. Hey, thanks, Ken. And also we have with us uh, Ray Niemeyer, the current chair of ProGMA. Ray, tell us about yourself. So I've been involved with ProGMA since the inception in 2012. I've had uh, different roles. As an employee of MHI, I helped establish the group and recruited the original 12 members uh, that helped create the group. And then I moved back into industry and I'm currently the Vice President of Sales and Marketing with SpaceGuard Products here in Seymour, Indiana. We are a manufacturer of wire partition enclosures and other guarding systems to support the marketplace. Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. As I uh, alluded to earlier, we're here to talk about the different types of resources that you've gathered together for people. So let's talk about the videos that show off all the different types of guarding. Ken, why don't we start with you on this one? What was the decision to use video instead of, say, you know, some type of literature? And uh, do you have any ideas for future videos that you'd like to share? Well, the videos are useful really because they engage people more than maybe something static will, like a photo or just text. So we were able to, you know, with the videos, show our various products show where they're used. We were able to get pretty good interaction from people who visit our site. It's a popular area. We were also able to have a little bit of campy fun with it. You'll see the occasional not real person or cartoon people get dunked on the head. So that, that just grabs engagement. It, it brings the point home, but gives good engagement to people. And people are generally visual and respond best to videos. We do have plans for future videos. We're actually working on one right now where we are going to explain one of the standards that we've created, the standard for testing steel mesh guarding on racks. So we're gonna use that video to give people an understanding of how that test will be run 
without them really having to go through the document and read through and figure out the steps required for that test. And then we'll probably move on from there. We have a second specification, ANSI specification, where we test guardrail. We'll do a similar video where we'll visually show what that test will look like. In the, in the value of that video that Ken is mentioning is to share with the community that the energy and investment by those core manufacturers involved in that standard gives them an understanding of, through the test requirement, the quality of the product that they're potentially going to invest in. And that information in the video can really answer a lot of questions when they share that internally with other key people about that importance of the test, A, but more importantly, hey, here's also a list of companies that are following the test protocol. And as a buyer, give them a stronger sense of I'm buying a a quality product from any of these manufacturers that are involved. I have to admit, those videos were quite entertaining as well as, you know, being a great way to show and and, and to visualize uh, for people what guarding equipment actually does. One of the reasons we decided on videos, in addition to what I previously mentioned, was that videos are easy to share. So one of the purposes of creating those was definitely to create awareness of our group, create awareness of our members and what we have to offer. And because those videos are so easy to share, it allows for us to use all the member companies to share those as well as simply on the ProGMA microsite or on YouTube. The other nice thing about the videos is we partner with other MHI industry groups because our products interact with so many other technologies that are shown in the video that we get their buy-in and understanding so that, again, the applications are real. What you're seeing is properly applied. Now, granted, it's a video and it, it may not give you super great detail, but the solution provider that you might be interested in speaking with can provide that additional information to help answer any questions you may have. To Ken's point that, you know, visually it interacts with a lot of other technologies that quite honestly, all of our member company solutions go back to secure, guard, and protect. You know, another tool that you've created that's pretty fascinating is actually a search tool that makes it easier to find the right solution. So Ray, uh, why make this search tool and who do you think benefits from it the most? The search tool kind of was a creation based off of member feedback from their customers about how do I find various types of solutions and where can I go? As part of our mission and charter for the group of creating informational content for the marketplace, one or two of the members brought up the idea. Our marketing committee loved the idea and jumped on it. The marketing committee within ProGMA worked with the individual manufacturers to come up with the photographs, the list of descriptions of what the picture is about, and then the visitor hits the link. It takes them to the list of equipment solution providers that they could reach out to to learn more about their specific solution for that type of application. Again, it goes back to the visibility. Oh, I have that problem. Oh, I I have four to 10 solution providers that I can now easily identify to determine who I want to reach out to. So 
A, we wanted to educate the community, but more importantly, provide a easier way of identifying who they should reach out to, to learn more about the opportunities provided and make it easier for them to narrow down their, their search to make that process that much faster for them. I'll add to it that guarding is really a wide discipline. It encompasses so many different areas of the warehouse or the factory that if you only look from a product point of view, you may not see the application where the product can be used. So the search tool really changes things to be the application, whether I'm protecting rack or I'm protecting a doorway or a robotic cell. It really goes into the various applications where the member groups products can be used and are often used. Yeah, I have to say it's quite easy to use and obviously very helpful for anyone who might be looking for a solution. So kudos to you. Uh, Ken, our next question is for you. Uh, We noticed a lot of case studies available. So I was wondering uh, if you had a favorite one that you can share that is, you know, particularly relevant for today's supply chains. I'll talk about our most popular one, which is actually from Ray's company, which is uh, the machine guarding case study. That one's really popular and it's a really good one because it shows some of the problems they'd have to overcome with traditional guarding. And they showed what they did for a supplier where they, you know, used something a little, maybe that they wouldn't have thought of their set themselves that was a little out of the box and had a great success with it. So that's one of my favorites. It does a good job of explaining how they approached the market, how they use their expertise to work through a solution with the customer. And Ray, you probably know a lot more about that case study than I do, but that's one of my favorites. I appreciate the point on that. It's the member companies work hard to try to take the day-to-day solutions that they're trying to help customers with and with their marketing team in effort by the delegates that participate in the group on behalf of their companies to bring those relevant issues to light to, again, make it easier for people to understand that they're not the only ones with this problem. One of my favorite items is the work platform drop zones and the various types of solutions that are available for guarding and securing those areas on multi-level or single-level work platforms. The lay term is mezzanine, but the industry term is work platforms. I know that's received a lot of attention as people are looking to expand their operation. They have a lot of open air space in their facilities and work platform and the various guarding solutions at ground level, at mid-level and, and top levels, OSHA concern and concern by the, the companies to make sure they have adequate protection at each level to protect the structure itself, protect those drop zones or landing zones to make sure product A doesn't fall off and and B, people may not fall off or get too close to the edge where a dangerous situation could happen. Okay, so we've mentioned the member companies a couple of times now. Ray, what are some benefits to being listed as a pro-GMA member? And uh, furthermore, what are some of the reasons a person or a company should join? The biggest benefit for the member companies and, and the user community is that the list of companies and the, and the various technologies within our group are making a an investment of time, effort, energy, and money to expand the education, and they feel the the importance of doing so. The member companies receive the benefit of being identified as a leader in the industry. 
you know, you're, you're participating in an association to advance not only your, your company's technologies, but to advance your industry's technology in a non-biased way. And, you know, a lot of times you get all the marketing literature from a specific company, mine or any of the other member companies, but they can come here. We can share our technologies in that non-biased manner and approach to really give the core facts and the product and solution to help the company looking to buy a solution, a clear cut way of identifying the product they want to use. And I think the value of that non-biased information is critical because they have three or four companies coming in and everybody is giving their sales pitch as to why me. Everybody laughs about salespeople, but everybody's trying to push their product, but this allows you to push it as a member company, but you're taking out all the fluff and, and things in it to, to really get to the core of the matter. I think that being part of the group gives a company some instant credibility because the, the member companies that are already there are most of the largest and most respected players in the industry. So I think it certainly brings credibility to a company. I think you also get, and, and this was one of the most valuable things I found is that you get a voice in your industry. And obviously as competitors, we can't collaborate on, we can collaborate on things like standards and best practices. We can't do anything anti-competitive. It gives you a voice in the industry in terms of, you know, work, working on those specifications and standards that makes things a level playing field for those who would judge our products, as well as it gives you a pulse on the industry too. There's a social aspect to it as well that allows you to at least know your competitors, know the folks in the industry, who they are and what they're doing is a benefit to everyone. One of the other benefits to Ken's point about collaboration, there's a lot of times where three or four of the companies within the group can collaborate on a project on behalf of the end user or an integrator or a dealer distributor that's integrating you know, multiple technologies together. And they'll grab their business partners and intermix and, and connect at times products together to secure, guard, and protect whatever that item is within their operation. Hey, that's an excellent point. I love seeing the results of collaboration in the industry groups. Uh, next question is, what would you like pro, uh, potential pro-GMA members to know? I think the biggest thing is the, the collaboration that results from personal engagement by the delegate of the company. It's extremely useful. You, everybody in all these meetings and activities and educational information that we create is consistently learning not only about more about their product, but how it interacts with others or other industry equipment in the facility. So I think sometimes the light bulb goes off on, on some ideas that were never thought of before through that collaboration. And over time, as new members join the group, they see how the industry really cares about doing the right thing for the user community. And doing the right thing starts to become more of a culture of, of those companies that are involved. There is some cross-pollination that happens as well. So, you know, our industry group is all about protective gardens. I may guard something like rack. So, you know, at our one of our semi-annual meetings, I might interact with some people from the rack manufacturers or from the robotics group or whatever group there might be 
that we're an accessory to. So there's certainly the ability to network as well. And I'm certain that networking has a lot of benefits as well, especially as you continue to work together and create assets just like the ANSI standards. Uh, what can you tell me about the two standards that ProGMA has already created? So we've created two ANSI standards so far, MHI 31.1, which is steel mesh containment panels, performance and testing. And those are the panels that would go around pallet rack to prevent items from falling. And also MHI 31.2, which is a test for crash testing industrial guardrails. And the impetus for really both of those standards was to create a level playing field for everyone. So a consistency of testing, because prior to those standards, every manufacturer would test in their own particular way, would obviously display that data to potential customers. But because they were all done in a different way, that made it very difficult for the end user to, you know, kind of compare apples to apples. It's amazing the energy that is put into the development in maintaining and growing the standard after it's been created. There's hours and hours of member companies working together to create it. There's a lot of good heated discussion about coming down to what everybody can agree to. But again, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, the importance of providing the right product is first and foremost. And the creation of these standards is a perfect example of the member companies involved in those standards of bringing that to the marketplace. As Ken had mentioned, at least in our case with the two standards and the testing protocols involved, it takes a lot of the smoke and mirrors away for the buyer to make an educated decision. And not all companies are following these test protocols or standards, but a company viewing the standard and our list of member companies can be assured that those that are involved in ProGMA have gone through this process together. As Ken had mentioned, working with leaders in the industry to provide the best products in the marketplace. And before we come to a wrap, I should mention that we know that you both are busy working on yet another ANSI standard. Uh, so podcast audience, keep an eye out open for that. <laughs> I, I, I should actually say keep an ear open for that. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. And what a massive and awesome contribution you've just made to the, to the community. Appreciate you so much. And thank you for listening to this MHI cast featuring Ken Perot and Ray Niemeyer from ProGMA. To see or use the tools we talked about in this episode, no problem. Just visit mhi.org slash progma, mhi.org slash progma. Uh, they have even more tools for you to use and, and as well as check out, uh, as well as their contact information for all of the member companies. And hey, if you want to see some of the protective guarding uh, equipment in action, Reserve your ticket for ProMAN 2023 today. It happens March 20th to the 23rd in Chicago. Details are all up on ProMatShow.com. Here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. So thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey. <laughs>